Welcome to another episode of Connecting Conversations. I'm Carla, co-founder of Cohesia Connect, and I'm so pleased and delighted to share our platform today with Zahida. Zahida, welcome. Hi, happy to be here. <laughs> Thanks for the invite. Absolutely. Um, it's just so good to have you here. And I wondered if you wouldn't mind just giving a brief little background to yourself, the kind of work that you have done, and just kind of a little bit about your journey into kind of getting into the DNI space. Yeah, of course. So, so I'm Zahida Zubairu. Um, my pronouns are she and her. I'm a cisgendered, heterosexual, proud, outspoken, self-aware black woman from northern Nigeria and Sierra Leone. I was born in London, but I grew up in Nigeria. So um, yeah, for today I'm sat in the London WeWork office in Waterloo. I'm wearing a black jumper, sunglasses, and a purple and white headscarf. <laughs> So, so, very detailed, very yeah. specific. I'm <laughs> getting the impression this is not your first rodeo. I mean, <laughs> it's not. It's just some people perhaps who are visually impaired and then they can like that. picture me Thank as well. So and just, yeah, yes. that's okay. <laughs> Anytime. So I'm the Binance co-pilot, it's called, at Nestle. Uh, Nestle is a Times top 50 employer for gender equity or gender equality 2023, actually. We just got that title. Amazing. And uh yeah, so um, co-pilot is literally just a fancy name of saying manager. So <laughs> I'm just a co-pilot. I don't manage anybody, but I manage. I also manage people. <laughs> it's a way it's like stakeholder more than anything. But I don't have somebody who I actually manage. But yeah, um, and I'm also the co-chair of our race equity network, and I'm the allies lead for our LGBT plus network at Nestle. So I um, split my working days between my main job an advocacy job just fighting to change um, the workplace culture in this like really massive company so yeah um i've been part of the network for race equity is called eradicating racism and that's like obviously the goal is to eradicate it we know that that's, that's a long way away but that is our goal so we're here for it we're here exactly. for it one day at a time <laughs> exactly <laughs> so um i'm um it's i've been part of the network since 2020 actually so it's pretty much came about with, with the murder of George Floyd. So wow. when all, even, even before then, I'd been part of um, diversity, inclusion and belonging, but every time I went to all these talks or these meetings, it was always geared towards gender equity. And I'm all here for gender equity, but that wasn't the only form of diversity that existed. I'm like, okay, that's great. We want more women. But okay, but is it the same types of women? Like, what's going Like, where does race play? Where does race, ethnicity, culture, where do these things like play a part in this because it can't just be man woman or and it can't, it can't just be because now we have because we also have non-binary people as well so it can't just be those two specific genders so I felt like I didn't have a space in that DNI space as you would say I was so I took a step back and I was like, well if you can't give me something to do with the race I don't know what you want me to give you here. So I, I made it known that I wasn't happy. <laughs> so the, com the company knew. So when everything happened with Black Lives Matter movement and companies were printing out statements, basically saying exactly where they stand when it comes mm -hmm. to racism, Nestle wanted to make a stand. And so they had remembered that there was somebody who had been causing some trouble in the background somewhere, just, you know, enforcing my opinions. And I'm actually... Um, they reached out to me saying, want to put in, in just an internal comms to the um, our employees. It's like thousands of employees wanting to know where we stand for Nestle UK and I, what our stances on racism and the Black Lives Matter movement. But they didn't want to get things wrong. And and then I wasn't even a finance manager. I was like a finance like analyst, you know. So I was like a grade lower, and I was like 
I don't know what you want me to say. I can't speak on behalf of, of everyone. Mm. Um, and I was really a point where I almost said no, because I was like, why don't you have things in place for people to have things to say about this? Why do you have to come to me, kind of like a lower level-ish employee to help you with this? And so I took, I was like, let me just take some time to think about it because I didn't want to be rash in my decision. And so I took some time and then I had a little think about it. And I spoke to my eldest sister, actually. And, and she was like, well, it's up to you. What would you like to gain from this? Or what would you, what do you see this becoming? So if you take yourself out of the equation, what would you like to happen? I was like, well, obviously I would want like a culture and a company where everyone can like be themselves regardless of their race, gender, their sexuality, just, you can just come and just be themselves. And so I was, and she was like, okay, so is there anybody that can do that that you know? And I was like, I don't really know anyone. She's like, can you do it? <laughs> and I said, I can. <laughs> She's like, it's not a matter. I was like, it's not a matter of ability. She's like, well, there you go. If you can do it, maybe it's something that you want to consider. So I was like, okay, <laughs> okay. So I went away, and then I said, okay, I'll help. And I'm in all these meetings with all these senior leaders, and I'm there with actually somebody else who was in the company. This um guy, his name is Ibby, and he was very calm while I was there, just sitting there frustrated while they were just wasting time going, mm, uh, mm, should we, should we, shouldn't we? And I'm like, you know what, people, if you don't want to put a statement out, don't do it. <laughs> I was like, if you want to put a statement wow. out, do it. Because as I'm sitting here, I'm an employee and I'm hearing you um and on about something that affects my life. So only put something out if you believe it to be true because if you don't believe it people are going to see right through it so mm. do with that as you will basically and so then yeah wow. just listening to that story firstly like we've not even into this for like three minutes and already <laughs> so much is there but the immediate thing that comes to mind I don't know if you've ever heard it's an old Jewish proverb that talks about and it says if not me then who if not now yeah. then when yeah. And I just feel like literally that has been kind of like what you were catapulted into yeah. somehow. And how many times we hear, and I, I, we may be going a bit further ahead, but we can backtrack because we can do what we like. <laughs> um, in terms of a lot of people speak about occupying such spaces of influence, mm -hmm. like you described, like, why are you plucking me out of yeah. what feels actually an unlikely space? And, and maybe that's to do with how maybe you saw yourself, but actually other people recognize your value or not. No one really knows. But at the end of the day, a lot of people don't move into these spaces where influence could be could be positive influence for change or pioneering or being at the helm, should I say, of steering stuff yeah. is is kind of something that we feel comfortable to get into unless we've seen a form of representation. And you didn't see one there and there was nowhere to look to for reference. Who who, who do I role model now? Who do I... <laughs> And stepping into that after the advice. And I love that your sister was a sounding board for you. And she's yeah. like, but yeah, she was you like, know, knowing you, you like, <laughs> you know, and I think she knew the answer. She, knows yeah, she did. You. And it's like, I can't tell her. I need her just <laughs> to figure out that this is actually, this is not a chance. This is not yeah. even coincidental. Yeah. But if actually, if not you, then who would actually be doing it? Here you are. You know, yeah. from that one moment conversation, I, well, I don't really have much clout in my company, but now <laughs> you are the person yeah. really driving and steering a very important part of the ship. Um, yeah, which is crazy. incredible. Do you ever take time to look back and reflect like that was actually me? How in heaven's name did I get it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes I do, and it's scary, so then I don't think about it because I'm just like, if I 
can you imagine what I'd be doing now if I wasn't in this space? Because I do enjoy it because I like to see people take on the information and then also make a change and then they want to make a change and then they join the networks and then they're the voices and I can take a step back and I can like save myself or, and, and, and let other people be catapulted forward as well. And I love seeing that, but I'm just thinking if I wasn't in this space, who would I be now? Right. And it's very strange to think, I feel like I'd be very different. I don't think I'd be the Zahida that I am today, for sure. I wouldn't be as outspoken, because I was. I was always outspoken. Grew up in Nigeria. Of course you're outspoken. <laughs> like I was always that way. But then when you come, when you're thrown into like the corporate world, everyone is kind of meant to fit a certain mold. And then mm. you're like, I don't fit this mold. And then your confidence dips and things like that. And then you're not as outspoken anymore. And then when somebody else comes up, they're like, oh, we want to hear what you have to say. You have to be brutally honest. I'm like, really? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like honest, honestly. I'm like, okay, this is how I really feel, and then I'm like, kind of, and then I go like head in, and, yeah, and yeah. It's, it's a shock for people at first, but then they know why perhaps I have to say things the way they are because I have to take emotion completely out of it and just say things factually so they can hear the words that are coming out of my mouth as opposed to trying to already respond to a reaction that is not even there it's one that they've perhaps made up due to like perhaps like an unconscious bias or something like that but yeah it's crazy when you think back you're like whoa that's a very different me <laughs> than I, 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 was love hearing that. Yeah. I love hearing that so much and you mentioned earlier like if it wasn't for this you don't you, you feel like your life would be quite different so I do love to play the game and ask people <laughs> when you were younger like what was your dream job and does it look anything like what you're doing now <laughs> it's so like dream so a dream job was probably not even in vocabulary growing up it was always like nature is like oh what are you gonna do is gonna make you the most money i think is what it was it was not even that so i was just like oh i'll be an engineer i'll be a doctor but like thinking back now i really enjoyed books i enjoyed movies i probably would have either be like an actress or i would have been a writer I think that's, I enjoyed just like the communication. I just enjoyed speaking and and for, it's for people to understand exactly what I'm saying. I love being clear. I love getting my point across. And so I see one teacher at um, college um, thought I could be a lawyer. And I was like, really? She's like, you argue your cases very well. And I was like, <laughs> why not get paid for it if I'm that yeah. good at it? You know. <laughs> Exactly. I should have probably listened to her. Then I probably would have probably would have perceived that. But then, yeah, I think it's looking back now, I probably would have been more in a creative space. I think I would have definitely been acting or been a writer for sure. Yeah. And and you you already referred to yourself as being outspoken. If you could describe yourself in three words, what would they be and why? Um, so for so whenever people ask me um, to describe me in three words, I always go to my family to, to describe me because I probably am very, i am like, oh yeah, I'm this, I'm amazing, I'm this, and then they'll just like bring me right back down to earth. <laughs> As only family can do, I feel. I they really, like, yes, you really are amazing, but in here you go back and you do the chores. Exactly. place in the food chain. Yeah, I know what exactly. you Exactly. I asked my niece and she said, sarcastic? And I was like, hmm. oh, wow. I know. Brutal. I know. <laughs> I said, I think you mean funny. She went, I don't mean funny. She said, I mean sarcastic. I was like, I am, I am. She's actually right. I'm, I can be quite sarcastic, especially with her, I think. Um, I can be very sarcastic. I think because she finds it very interesting 
why I'm being sarcastic. She finds it very interesting. What my my screen just went off for a second, but she finds it interesting why I'm being sarcastic, sarcastic which is asking me a serious question. Uh, like, it can't be a serious question, surely, because the answer is very obvious. But yes, so, so she mm -hmm. says she did say sarcastic, and she says strong, and she said um, loyal. And uh, my sister. Great traits. Wow. Yeah, I actually, I know. I focus on the sarcasm a bit more, but then she actually, <laughs> well, she gave me some good ones. And then my sister said the same thing, where she replaced sarcasm with with I'm brave. And um, I said, oh, why do you think that? And she said, oh, you always try. She's like, you try new stuff without really hesitating. You you kind of dip your toe in just to, just to see what it's like. So you, you so you can have kind of like an opinion for yourself about what it is that you've experienced. And um, she said, I was strong. She said, because you're strong physically because you work out a lot. She's like, you are physically strong. <laughs> like, thank you. And she mentions the loyal, I think, because of how long I've um, stayed with the company. But then she also said that I'm loyal when it comes to my friends and my family. And so she's like, that's how she would describe me. If um, All the traits of a, of a fearless leader and someone <laughs> how, you know, your family recognized that. And yeah. you have that's found perfect. yourself on a path that, like you didn't see yourself occupying and here you are. I know. Uh, is there anything particular that you would say, like with what you've been able to achieve in, you know, taking hold of this type of platform and being someone who's at the forefront of implementing, you know, environment creation within, you know, Google corporate spaces, mm -hmm. what do you feel like you feel like, is there something specific that you feel the most proud of that you've been able to achieve, you know, occupying these spaces? Yes, I think there's probably like a couple of things. Like the first thing is actually just the creation of the network, the Eradicating Racism Network. So I was one of the um, founders. So I'm not the only one, it's a group of people who helped, but um, just having that network there. And now, like I said, I've, take, I've been able to take a step back because I'm a co-chair. I don't have to do all the doing and all the panels and all the podcast. I don't have to like do those and kind of like expose myself as much anymore. I can now kind of just repair a little bit and let others kind of, do what I've done hopefully and do what others mm. they've seen others do which is quite nice to see and my the second one is that I was recently um like named top 10 workplace hero by the ethnicity awards um so congratulations thank That's you massive. thank you thank you so yeah um I was recognized actually just I was kind of my name was thrown into the hat and then they um I found about when I was on holiday last month. And so they're like, oh, you got to send a little bio. I was like, I'm on holiday. And so my friend who's actually like, <laughs> like 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 an actual like DNI in the DNI team, she messaged us, I don't worry, I'll send one of the bios that you would have done for another thing. And so she sent it through. And then they had like people look at it. And then um, I got I got an email early this month saying, you've made it to the top 10 list and you recognize you as someone who's proactive in this space, especially when it comes to ethnically diverse people. So I was like, whoa, that's strange. It's strange a little bit because when you do stuff like this, you're not doing it for recognition, obviously. You're doing it to help people. But then to be recognized, it's, so, it's like a weird little... I don't know. It's like a juxtaposed feeling. I don't know how to feel about I think, it. I, I don't know what you mean by that. Just like, yeah. should this be something that I get awarded for when yeah. this is about people's real lives? And yeah. but in the same breath, I think these things are important and recognition yeah. of work is important, particularly because it means what you're doing is visible and it's working. Yeah. And if it's not working, then that means people's lives aren't being impacted in the way they kind of you'd hope for. Do you know what I mean? But I know what you're saying. Like, is this something I should be awarded for when yeah. actually this should this is a moral responsibility for most people, actually. Exactly. In in whichever way, like we we all have our part to play. It's not 
just because I, I may occupy, you know, ethnic origin or identities does not mean that I therefore I'm not a spokesperson for somebody else that is, um, you know, on the, on the side of marginalization or oppression or lacking fair or equity or equal kind of rights within in a space that they should have. We all have our part to play. So but to see that that work is there are some that are doing different elements and the work mm. that you do is create the platform for everyone else to do that that yeah. does need to be recognized because if people like yourself weren't creating those platforms or the network like you've described yeah, then yeah. others are not being released to actually do the pit that they're supposed to be doing so it's yeah. great that you're being acknowledged for that that's really exciting Thank what you. have you found been like it was one thing there was no one else doing yeah. what you did to follow an example it was yeah. another thing to like okay i'm outspoken how do I find a way to address these issues? Yeah. And, and I imagine, like, particularly with the issues of, of race equity that you mentioned before and the, the other elements, but let's let's go back to the race issue, if you're okay, okay. with that right now. It's just like you mentioned when you're delivering or speaking about these very, very, very sensitive issues that you've had to remove a sense of emotion when you're addressing factual things. Yeah. Now... Firstly, I feel that is an amazing trait. It's a gift. I imagine that probably has taken lots of practice and it should never be taken lightly because as a person who is from an ethnic background, you mentioned you you occupy quite a different space. It's not just, are you a black woman and you are yeah. powerful and you're wonderful and beautiful? That's one thing. You're also a migrant who has come mm -hmm. from another country when you've been raised and integrated in a system that is also your home here. Mm -hmm. And that... I can only imagine it does not take much to realize has probably come with its challenges. Like, yeah, would you be able to describe a little bit of that journey? It was one thing. Yes. I experienced what it's like to have not had my rights or my visibility celebrated, embraced, or just welcomed in many mm. spaces, I imagine growing up um, under those kind of umbrellas. But now I'm an advocate for creating a space where that is no longer felt by people Mm. how have you navigated all of that because it's dealing with the issues that you've experienced can I even say as a victim and then now you're someone who's a champion to change that like what has that been like for you I don't know if that's cohesive but do you get what I mean <laughs> I, I think so I'm showing where you feel that it is because I feel like there's a lot in there and I'm happy to break it down and we can pick up it you know, um okay yeah. let's see um let's see the journey is so it's hmm I'm trying to think if I could even like break down the journey because I think it was when I was kind of thrust into this space that I obviously had to then do some self-reflection and then you start to realize that things unfortunately when you obviously think about um times when perhaps you have been um when someone's like like been prejudiced against you or kind of not understood really where you're from and try to compare you with other people and you're like why would they do that and why would they not understand where I'm coming from and you I, you kind of just shove it away a little bit you're like hmm, okay I just need to like move on with my life but when you I think it was during COVID when you're when you're given the space to kind of think about all these things that happened back then and you're like oh actually those things were a little bit ugly like they weren't very nice so for example like if I was in a meeting I, I have a very expressive face and I don't know if that has anything to do with my race or my upbringing or anything like that I just it's just very expressive so you might be speaking to me and it's I'm digesting the information and my face is just doing things because it's think I'm thinking I'm like hmm, I'm thinking what do I want to say 
and then you and you and you kind of just but then unfortunately when somebody sees that for some reason they perceive it negatively and they think that you don't like what they're saying because perhaps you're not nodding and you're not smiling but you're actually just you're just concentrating and then um so I think it was like once I think it was in a meeting I think maybe that happened a few times and my, one of my managers back then I don't have that manager anymore I'd be happy to say she kind of like pulled me out of the meeting or after the meeting she said um you know, just sometimes I just want to watch your face. And I was like, I don't know what you mean. And she's like, you know, it just like, you know, might just want to watch how it comes across because people might think it's like negative and, you know, it's, yeah. and, I was like, and I didn't understand where she was coming from with that. Like, it's just one of the things that you just kind of like brush aside. And then I started to realize that I wasn't making my, like, I wasn't making facial expressions anymore. I think I was very, I was, I was quite um, conscious of it. So I, then I was kind of chipping away like little parts of myself so I could kind of like fit in. When people, when people like shine a light on something that perhaps is different, you don't want people to shine a light on that because unfortunately when they do, they look at that as something that's not good or something that's negative. So you chip away at that part of you. You're like, okay, so that part, I'll stop doing that so I can like fit into this little box and then everyone will be okay. And then and then it's another thing. And then it's another thing. And then you're just like, and then before you know it, you're like a shell of yourself. And you don't even realize that that's who you've become until like much later when you're like, wow, okay. I had a voice, it was kind of taken away from me. I didn't realize that it was. And then when someone says, oh, you can actually use your voice. It's like a really strange feeling <laughs> to be allowed to use your voice again. So I, I don't know if that kind of answered your question at all. It absolutely but, does. That yeah. complexity of like, and I, and this is what I was talking about the journey. So thank you so much for mm -hmm. sharing that because that's exactly what I felt like the way that you described even the process of getting to where you are and the platforms yeah. that you're occupying now, that doesn't come without difficulty because for a long time, being someone who's on the receiving end potentially of like not necessarily welcomed or misunderstood. Mm -hmm. and, and what you described is really like, because I, someone who thinks with my eyes isn't yeah. always really what I'm thinking. Where was the space for asking questions to understand what was going on? Yeah. That assumption, or it may be because it doesn't fit uh, maybe a cultural acceptance like what it is actually a job now that we do need to figure out more rather than just take things at face value yeah and then to talk about after a while to ensure that I'm not offending anybody else because I'm already different mm -hmm. and that process gradually chips and chips away of like yeah. you, know, you become almost I think my mother calls it chameleonized that you find yes. a way to blend into your environment because you already yeah. know that you're different and you want to mitigate as many things that might you know, create an obstacle for other people to understand you yeah. or to feel comfortable to work with you or engage with you. You spend a lot of time doing that. And then you're thrust into a space of, okay, you now have a voice, use it yeah. for what, all the challenges you face. And I'm like, but at this stage of the game, what level of trust has been built up or lack of trust is built up that this is still a safe space for me to use my voice authentically? Agreed. Are you yeah. ready to hear what I'm talking about? Or now I still need to go back and dig deep and refine that girl again like that mm. cannot be easy how have you found then finding refinding the voice now that you've been given the platform um so I I, I think I found it easier than I thought I would I feel like perhaps I was just waiting to be given the opportunity maybe I didn't even realize it 
And so it was somewhat easy for me only because all I do, all I did was speak about my personal experience because that's, that's the only experience that I know to be true. So it was easy for me to talk about my personal experience and kind of just say, well, this is how I felt about it at the time. And this is how I feel about it now. And I think because mm-hmm. I'd had, I'd had, had time to process all of these emotions, I could through meditation or just speaking with family, even therapy, where you just kind of just realize the person that you are and then be comfortable with who you are. So when you're speaking about the Zahida that was, it kind of feels like a different person a little bit. So you can kind of tell it like a story because you're like, well, that's not who I am anymore but I can still tell you about that person because she's still always with me. <laughs> so I know exactly how she felt. I know how I feel now. Mm. And so, and so and I think, so for me, I think it was just doing the work on myself that helped me um, kind of overcome everything that perhaps I already went through to be the person that I am now. I don't mm. think if I had spent time doing work on myself, I don't think I would be able to, it wouldn't have been as easy, should I say. It wouldn't have, for sure. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, that really helped for sure. Yeah. Friends, family, therapy, I would say, just taking time and kind of just sitting with your boundaries, sitting with your so-called flaws, uh, learning to like love yourself and, you know, just trying to understand why you um, act in a certain way or how you, or why you, so how you re, why you react in a certain way after you received like certain pieces of yeah. information. You're like, what is it about that that makes me feel this way not what has the person done it's not about the person it's what is it about that that makes me feel this way is it something that I can look into and either change or accept because I feel like there's only like two options there (laughs) so in all of that you've really kind of articulated this sense of really strong self-awareness and also personal responsibility yeah because it takes the person the conscious awareness like I can say that this person is making me do this or this makes me feel like that Mm. But actually what you've described is like, okay, this is not really about them. I need to mm-hmm. figure out what is the triggers here for me that mm-hmm. makes me feel a certain way. And how do I find a way to get a hold of that? And I, for me, that sounds really powerful. I know that isn't an easy thing to say. Um, and I think in many circumstances, some would, would probably describe that. Why do I have to do that in order to like if this had happened to maybe someone else that didn't look like me or had came from a different ethnic background, these are not even considerations they would have to take, but it is mine. But in the same breath, I feel when I hear, you know, narratives like your own, where like this has become actually my, my superpower (laughs) in how it's actually enabled me to be so powerful that I've command of my language. I can articulate how things make me feel. There's Mm -hmm. a sense of self-awareness and I have the power to either, accept things or change things in a way yeah. that is orderly and I haven't lost myself I haven't lost a sense of the word is probably like control and and mm-hmm. I when you do, and everybody knows not everybody but like I think it's known that when you lose control you lose a bit of your power actually in terms of being able to change that yeah. what would you say in terms of that process of self-awareness how would you encourage actually others to kind of also find that space you mentioned family and therapy has been a big thing and that's a new yeah. thing that people are starting to embrace more was that something that you were always embraceable or was that something that, like you needed to kind of grow into or how did you get to that space being comfortable to use these as tools to get mm. you to the space of empowerment um yeah that wasn't something that was um spoken about growing up at all like people didn't really speak about their feelings in general so even though I'm really close to my sisters I've got two sisters I'm really close to them 
we've only become close, I guess, as we got older and where we kind of have been through our own personal journeys and things like that, our self-realization and self-awareness, everything. And we like, oh, this is who we are. We know who we are. And then we're like, oh, and then we see each other. Whereas growing up, you speak about your feelings. Therapy was not a thing. And so it was just something that I'm not even sure. I think it was such, it was such a random day. I remember I was I was just talking to my sister once again. I literally all I'm doing is talking to her. I just talking to her, and I was just not feeling. I, I was just not. I, know, I just wasn't feeling. I think for the capacity of like a couple of weeks, I just wasn't feeling myself, and and I didn't know what it was. And I think I just turned to her and I just said. I think I'm going to look for a therapist. And she was just, and then she was so happy. She like, all she did was like, she smiled because she didn't want to be like, I think you need therapy, Z. That's a fine balance to get that. That is a real fine balance to get. (laughs) Yeah, because she's a problem solver. So if I ever came to her with problems, instead of just listening, she would try to fix. And she knows Uh that I don't want her to fix. I just want her to listen and Mm -hmm. she wants to fix. So she's like, just quiet and just staring at me into my soul, trying to like telepathically tell me what she's thinking. And then one day I just said, I think I'm gonna look at it. She was like, I think that's a brilliant idea. (laughs) That's all she said. And I went, I did my research, went to mind.org, looked for some therapists and just started like having a chat about certain things and, it was talking talking to therapists, yeah, is nice because you kind of hear yourself say these things that you were thinking. Mm-hmm. But then um, I have a, a friend of mine, um, Salma, and it was during lockdown. She, she and I got like a lot more close or uh, we got closer. And we found that we, she's, um, but she's 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 from Bangladesh. She's originally Bangladeshi. Um, she's grown up in, um, in England. And so when we started talking about our families and our experiences, we found that, oh, my God, we have so much in common. It was unreal. Like just little things that our parents did, little things that we'd experienced. And you're just like somebody who from completely different culture, and completely different background to me. Yet we can connect on such like on such a real level. And we didn't understand how and why. And then you realize that as humans, we are connected more than we can even imagine. But what we have to do is talk about it first, don't we? We have to talk about it. And that's the only way we know how connected we are. And we have to give each other space to make errors and learn from each other and things like that. And, you know, just be patient with each other, patient with ourselves. And if we don't then do all these things how would we then know that there are others out there like us and who also are looking for that same sort of connection Mm. yeah (laughs) we've had a we've had a guest on here before his name is dr tony malone he also alludes to something really similar what you said that Mm. the real change and, and almost like it's an interchangeability of like healing comes both ways through the form of friendship actually and he's talking about how do we connect with the various groups that occupy the diversity space like at the end they were humans were complex nobody we all have our uniqueness anyway but when it comes to these you know these kind of like overarching um protected characteristics per se for now which will forever change i imagine you know the only way that we're going to find a way to bridge the gap is actually through real friendship and he's talking about he has probably really different views that are so contrasting to other communities but the connection is so strong and he will stand and advocate for them even if they don't even agree on some issues but because it was through genuine relationship and connection and what you've described in your friendship with your friends is it Mm -hmm. Salma through that connection like she comes from a very different ethnic background different kind of experience different narrative different challenges I imagine but 
when you speak together, you find how similar the principles are about what it still means to be human in those places of adversity or in those places of marginalization or in those places of challenge. Um, and this is where we really find, I think, the gold and we really find change and we really find people moving together and we really find genuine, authentic belonging without people who have got to chip away a piece of myself because yeah. your understanding comes when there's a genuine friendship there. I listen to you. You listen to me. I see you. Can you see me? And that kind of interplay is just so important. I think it cannot be heralded enough from the platforms that we're occupying, especially when they're influential in places like corporate or people like myself that come from education. This is what we need to be pushing if we want to see yeah. this work. Mm. Um, and that's definitely one thing. This has been amazing, Zahida. And I just want to thank you so much for sharing so many stories like your facets of an individual are just so vast I feel like we'll be here forever and like, <laughs> yeah. I was ready to like carry on I was just like oh what's next I was like enjoying we're here forever and and I I just love hearing what, what you shared with us today but I would I would say like if you don't mind my last question to you before mm. we kind of wrap it up is you are both an ally you're an advocate you're a, you're a fire starter. <laughs> you're a pioneer in, in occupying spaces where there wasn't anybody else to do that. Like how, what advice would you give other young people who want to participate in building inclusion in the way that you've done mm. um, in the workplace or whatever the space may be that they feel like I need to do that. I need to make the stand. I need to be the pioneer just like Zahida. Like what would be your advice to them as to how to navigate that, especially if they're not sure? <laughs> Um, I feel like if you think about it for too much, I'm for too long, sorry, I'm not sure if you'll ever be sure. So if it's something that you actually genuinely want to do, you feel strongly about, I feel like it's just something that you should just start. So you can speak to the right people in your organization, speak to your friends, speak to your family. And if there's no one that's done it before you, then it has to be you. <laughs> Unfortunately, it has to be you. And when people see you start, they also want to follow. So even if you just change the mind or perception of one person that mm. is literally the goal <laughs> it's one person anything else after that is just a bonus so it's just what my manager says this all the time he says he's, he's a great ally like honestly like he's he's great for women for ethically diverse people he Amazing. has given me so much space and time to be an advocate in the workplace and he champions me and just gives me all the support that I need he always says, I know it's very cliche, but he says, be the change that you want to see. And he always says that to me. And he's like, well, you, he's like, you did that. He's like, you did do that. He's like, you, you, you were the change that you wanted to see. And, was, and I would say the same to somebody else. I will pass that on and just say, be the change that you want to see. So if you want your people who are coming in after you to perhaps not feel the same way that you felt, if it was a mm -hmm. negative feeling, then be the change for them so that when they come to where you are now, then they wouldn't have to go through that. And yeah, that would be the, that's the main advice, I think, for me, is be the change that you want to see. I'll take that from Luke. Thank you. <laughs> be the change you want to see. I don't think yeah. that's a better line to have ended this conversation. Be the change you want to see. And I think if more of us just felt like no matter what, if, if I do have support or there is a model for me to follow, great. If there's not, it's still okay. There's still me. There's still me. And never underestimate actually what, kind of seed you can sow into being as a tree that has impact or shade or provides fruit and seed for others to take oh, on I, love that. <laughs> I really get into my growth uh, metaphor I love it. 
<laughs> and obviously, you just like you're just stoking the fire in that one for me, Zahida. So thanks to you with that one. But a huge thank you for sharing that. I think that's such great advice. Be the change that you want to see. Um, it's been awesome. And I wish you all of the best with you know the continued championing of what you're doing. It's I'm excited to see what other platforms kind of just increase from the influence that you've been doing so far. So thank you so much for being with us. Thank Anita. you. And you as well. I'm waiting to see what comes next for you as well. So <laughs> I'm waiting with bated breath myself. <laughs> Take care, Sahida. Thanks, you too. Bye.